0: Untapped talent on cliffcentral.com.
1: Oh, yes, it's midweek. It's a Wednesday, 9 a.m. right here on cliffcentral.com. And it only means one thing. Are you with me? It's Untam Talents with me. See ya Sangwenifin. Thank you so much for having us on. Let us get the midweek madness started with a healthy dose of inspiring stories and a lot of smart people who are serving as inspiration. No pressure to my guests coming up with a little introduction like that. <laughs> but I'm very, very excited to have them on. So this is what I'm talking about this week. You know, you and I we're with this together. We'll be talking to Gavin and Richard from the band Lunatic Wolf, as they'll be talking about their career thus far, how it's been like and their plans for the future and of course the simple thing of how they actually came up with a name like lunatic wolf so that'll be very interesting to hear. And then starting myself off, um, I'll have, I actually have the 2014 Rising Star Award winner in the Entrepreneur category, Harry Welby Cook. So first of all, it's already quite an achievement and a half to have a title like that. But he absolutely believes in what the Rising Star Awards are all about, as I do myself. And so we'll be talking about that in just a little bit. But of course, you know that I'm always with you in this and I always want you to add into the conversation and you can do so by tweeting us at cliffcentral.com or my personal Twitter account is at seer underscore sf or um, you can also call us 0861 555 and then our trusty WeChat our official account is cliffcentral. All you have to do is tap connect and then message to screen. And your message can pop up in front of me and I'll be able to read it out. Now listen, on that WeChat note, this is very, very exciting. You know, I'm one to be very sentimental I post up pictures and I frame things and I write notes and I always weep and shed a tear of sentimental dates. And just yesterday, the 31st of March was exactly your since gareth announced his move from five and here we are now a year later it's like insanity really three million podcast downloads later cliff central is like alive and wild and we're creating new and exciting content every single day so i'm proud to say that i talked to you guys 125,000 subscribers on wechat alone and you know to celebrate that we're gonna pull a little oprah feel like i need like you know all of you and i need to point at all of you and say you're getting a phone you're getting a phone i just see are we on the same thing we're on the same path right (laughs) let's move past that so this is how this is what we're going to do we're celebrating by giving away half a million rands worth of smartphones every single day exclusively through our official accounts on wechat so If you do want to win, all you have to do is download WeChat via the App Store and follow our official account using the WeChat ID Cliff Central. So every single day, we'll be asking you questions about Cliff Central, and you'll need to answer via WeChat by tapping Connect, then Competition, or using the keyword Competition. So listen, this is your time to win, right? So this is the very first question for today. All you have to simply answer is, what show is at 10 a.m. on a Monday? sit with it a bit think about it you see since i'm nice let me give you a little hint all you have to do go into the wechat uh, id cliff central and then tap connect and all then you can start seeing on today or what you missed or even better just simply go into shows tap on shows are you with me and then tap on monday And what show is at 10 a.m.? So simply just text me, um, that, that show name. And then listen, we could be choosing you as our next winner of the absolutely awesome Samsung, 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 there we go. Samsung Galaxy S4 phone and Samsung notes exclusively brought to you by Cliff Central and WeChat. So that's very exciting. That's my Oprah moment done and dusted for the day. And let's get the show on a roll. This is Untapped Talent.
0: On cliffcentral.com.
1: So let's get the interesting conversations on a roll. As I said in a little bit, I'm talking to Harry Welby Cook, Rising Star Award winner. So what a, what a title. Congratulations by the way.
2: Yeah, it sounds quite impressive. Uh, nice introduction. <laughs> uh, it definitely is
1: impressive though. Congratulations on it. Thank you. Thank so you let's backtrack to exactly, to about a year ago. There you were. Um, how did you actually find out you, nom- you were nominated? Did you
2: nominate yourself or were you brought forward by your company? Uh, I, I actually own the company. So it was actually ah. my PA that uh, Vicky, she uh, nominated me and I wasn't aware that she had. And I, went, I made the first shortlist. And I got an email to say congratulations, you've been shortlisted as a, as a finalist uh, or semi-finalist at that stage, and I, I was quite surprised. I went to her and I said, "Do you know about this?" She said, "Oh yes, yes, I I went in on the website, entered all the con- um, the the entry form and stuff like that, yeah. and, and that's when the rest of the process started. So the hard work of of actually being a semi-finalist then kicked in because you know from from getting to know the Rising Star organization, they don't just pull a name out the hat. Exactly. They actually make you work for it. So <laughs> we then, we then <laughs> had to do that.
1: So we're definitely going to get into that process of the actual awards and what they stand for and the process you had to uh undergo as before you were actually crowned the winner of that category. But beforehand, I want to know more about Harry as a person. You know, I like that you call yourself a master licensee and SA franchiser for action codes in Johannesburg. You're a corporate refugee, hey? So when did it all start for you? When did this bug for making a difference in business first bite?
2: Yeah, I think it's it's always been then. and if you really take it back to where I think it started was I matriculated in 94 when South Africa was just going through transition period. Uh And in 93, uh, my father had actually been retrenched for a company he'd worked from for in 19 years. And he'd always look forward to taking over the company. In fact, in 95, uh, after I'd matriculated and things didn't work out. And already there, the interest for business kind of sparked. Uh I'd uh, always had an interest in business. I Used to sell things to my friends and and do all sorts of things, and I worked from a very young age uh, as part time to yeah. to earn some money. So, I I then went and started working for a, a big one of the big four commercial banks straight after I left school. Uh, it was the the logical thing to do, wow. uh, taking that transition that was happening in the country into place, and and I worked. um for them for twelve years, yeah, uh, almost got fired a few times for running uh, competitive <laughs> businesses uh, in them, so I was working for a bank and uh, ran a little cash loans business to the staff, uh, I had a little distribution business uh, running hey it 's initiative, so um, <laughs> all of that kind of happened and and for my sins, I suppose I ended up in in credit where I used to lend money to businesses, yeah, uh, and I used to see that you know the greatest people, the best business plans, the right ideas, all the passion, all the heart doesn't lead to success necessarily. And people were, were really putting their life savings, their life work at risk. Uh-huh. And businesses weren't working out as, as they should have. And, and that was always an interest and a, and a passion of mine to try and find out why. And I call it a corporate refugee because I think it happens all the time. Once, once you've got tired of working for a corporate, you, uh, you look for something to do. I'd always looked for something to do. Yeah. We moved around a lot having worked in, in the bank and I always moved my files and potential business plans and property developments and all sorts of information around. But I never found what I was looking for. Yeah. So when you're running away from a corporate, uh, most people would fall into the trap of that print business card and call themselves a consultant, which is exactly what I did. I left in, in June 2006, uh-huh. uh, started my own consulting business and quickly realized that you can tell people what to do. That doesn't necessarily mean they do that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So we all know that the things we, we learned should the hard doing. way. Yeah. yeah. We, we all know the theory of what we should be doing, but we don't get around to ever doing it. And I'd researched coaching. As an option to say, right, a consulting business, we can tell people what to do. Uh-huh. The coaching, we can actually help them implement. Uh, and then by default stumbled across, uh, an international brand action coach that was looking to come into South Africa. Uh, people always say, you know, you, you're lucky or you, you fall into, into luck or the right place at the right time. Uh-huh. I think it's absolute nonsense. I think that, that page three of the business times that, uh, that used to have all these little business opportunities. I'd probably looked at that page every week, every Sunday for years, and eventually really responded to an advert that's probably twice the size of a business card with a headline, Are You Passionate About Business and Helping Others? Uh-huh. And both of them were exactly what it is. So that, that's today framed in our offices at our head office in Pretoria and uh, really sparked the rest of the, the journey.
1: Let's go back to Harry, just starting off, straight after school and now working for a major bank. What was your vision for yourself going into the corporate world?
2: Well, there's a fine line between arrogance and confidence. And, uh, most people my whole life have said that I err on the arrogant side. Oh but no. <laughs> it, it started with the interview that I went for. Uh, and I was sitting in this, in, in the admin manager's uh, office in, in this bank and, uh, typical old style, you know, very formal scenario. Uh-huh. He was gray, 50 something conservative. And he said to me, where do you see yourself in five years? And I just turned 18. I was looking forward to matric holiday and I said, well, your seat looks pretty comfortable. And he at almost. At 18,
1: you were able to hold your own, stare down the manager
2: <laughs> and
1: basically say, get off your seat because I'm taking it in a, in that's a bit. That's
2: what I said. I said, five years. And he said, well, you know, he almost fell off his chair. Yeah. And he said, no, no, you obviously, you obviously don't understand banking because it takes years and all the rest of it. I said, no, no, for me, five years. That'll be it.
1: What did you know at 18?
2: Uh, I'd like to think a hell of a lot, but okay. probably not much. <laughs> probably not much. Typical eighteen-year-old. I think I'd I'd had a lot of exposure to a lot of different things. Yeah. Um, I I did everything that was able to be doing. Yeah. Ev- everything that I had to do that I didn't have to do schoolwork was great for me. So I played every sport there was, every cultural activity there was. So I had a had a really broad, I think, frame of reference, which probably aided that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and I said to him, "That's what's going to happen." And he said, "Okay, well, you know, eventually they phone me back, come for another interview." And they said, can you start on the 1st of December? And I said to him, absolutely not. And he said, why not? Yeah. I said, I write the last exam. I can't remember. I think it was the 26th of November or something. Uh I said, I've been going to school for 12 years. I'm going on holiday. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm first going on a trick holiday. And then I've committed to work at Edgar's. I worked at Edgar's at the watch counter uh, over Christmas and New Year's. I said, I'll start in the New Year. And again, he kind of took a step back and said, but we're offering you this job. I said, I'm very happy for you. Yeah. Well, I'm first going on holiday and yeah, then I've yeah. made this commitment already and then I'll start in January. But, but that was, that was always the vision for me in, the, in that early stage is to say, well, I got five years. I've, I've put it out there. Uh, you can't just make a statement like that and not back it up. And, and I did everything in my power to back that up.
1: You know, I'm sure that, you know, being an 18 year old and being able to. Head off confidently into an interview situation. Not even, you know, regardless of what the business is, says a lot about the char- your character and who you were at that young age. Were you always a person who was very determined, even at a young age, you know, who set goals for yourself and who went out there gallantly and valiantly for any and everything you wanted?
2: I think I was always like that. I don't think it it's it is something that maybe you're innately born with. I think it's also something that's molded. Yeah, I was, I was very fortunate to. To go to good school, I had good mentors at school, uh, I had parents who, who were probably a little, a little bit more or less conservative than parents at that age. They, they, they encouraged uh, debate and challenge and stuff oh, like wow. that. Uh, many a time at 12 o'clock at night, my mom used to walk down the passage and say to my dad and I, listen here, the two of you better shut up and go back to bed now. <laughs> nobody's gonna win this argument, but we would have debates. So I think that, that definitely was part of it, but I'd always set goals, you know, mm-hmm. I laugh at my son today. He, he now sets a goal around his birthday present and how many friends must he invite against what kind of money that he'll get as a Christmas present. Oh, it was a birthday present. Then he yeah. can buy what he wants. And my wife says, "Oh no, that's wrong, and that you shouldn't be doing things like that." And I'm going, "Well, geez, I used to do that." <laughs> um, so it, it started with little things like that. It started with um, uh, milestones that I wanted to achieve. You know, one of the, my big uh, dreams as a kid was always I wanted to be a head boy, and I was head boy of my school, which um, was probably abnormal for my attitude. Yeah. I think. <laughs> uh compared to the norm but I I'd always done that and I just continue to do that through my But you see career.
1: that for me is very interesting because we hear a lot of bad people like you who are very goal orientated and determined and who go out fearlessly to achieve their dreams but there are, there's a certain group who you know hear about people like you and go well okay I'll just write something down on a piece of paper or I'll think about having a million rand but they don't exactly encompass the work element as well so what do you have to say to people like that in going out there and successfully achieving goals that you actually have set for yourself?
2: I think there's a lot of comment today around entitlement culture. Oh, yes. And, uh, th- that sadly is not unique. It's not new. I think that was around even, um, when I was, was matriculating, it was around, you know, the generation before that. It seems to have got worse, but it's not, it's not, no- not new. And I think it's human nature to, to expect people to do things for you. The reality in life is you have to put in the effort first. And exactly. you have to go not just to the level of expectation. You have to go way beyond the level of expectation. You can't be 10% better than your your peers. Yeah. Uh, that That's not going to have you stand out. And it comes with a lot of work, hard work. Uh, I did my research on YouTube before the show.
1: Oh, no pressure. What did uh, you find? Just
2: <laughs> after your, your first live broadcast in Cape Town, you actually made the statement to say, well, as an intern – you you were grinding coffee, you were doing yes. babysitting when the studio was about to go live at six o'clock. You had wires in your hands, <laughs> yes. and, all the rest of it, and you do what it takes. Yeah, and I think that's the distinction. I was, yeah, I was nineteen, uh, and and had a team of twelve people working for me in Centibank who probably the the youngest in level of service was eight years. Their people had been working for the bank of twenty years. Wow! And they used to say to me, "Well, this is unfair because you're so young and you're now the boss." Yeah. And I had, I had a very good, uh, supervisor at that stage. He said, well, Harry comes in, he works for a bank and everybody thinks our oh, banks open at nine o'clock. They finish at half past three. Nice cushy job. Yeah. I used to open the bank at five o'clock in the morning. Uh, it was still very manual at that stage. We used to print reports. The reports needed to be put on a bucky and couriered off to away branches. I used wow. to do that at five o'clock in the morning, finish at seven o'clock at night. And I did that literally for the, probably the first three, four years. Um, when I was in credit, I remember one, one evening in particular was half past ten at night. I was still sitting, sorting out, um, proposals and business plans and getting through. Work. And
1: what is your motivation during that time? Well, it,
2: it was just the job needs to get done and it needs to get done, not just to the level of expectation for more than that because I knew and I'd already seen it. And I think this is, this is often what, where people, they start, but they back off too quickly. Uh-huh. Once you start putting in the effort and you see that the effort is rewarded because it always is, you have to maybe see it in a smaller format, but the extra effort is rewarded. Once you start seeing that, you should actually put in more effort. And what a lot of people do is they put in a bit of effort, get a little bit of pat on the back and they go, Oh, well, great. I've arrived. That's enough. I can yeah. go back to 80 to 90% effort. It's not good enough. You have to put in that concerted effort and really stand out.
1: So Harry, how does someone like you deal with mediocrity or people who settle for mediocrity?
2: Very Difficult. Very <laughs> difficult. Um, you know, my, my wife actually put it very well the other day. She said, you know, if you look at, at things that happen in an office. Yeah. And when you put people together, there's always things that happen in an office and a little bit of politics and a little bit of issues, you know, maintenance issues that need to be sorted out. And and she was talking to, to friends of ours and she said, you know, whilst I've learned to deal with that in a very professional manner and uh, be a lot more emotionally intelligent, I think that that's come with – with a lot of hard work and experience as well. Uh, it drives me mad. I just get on with it. You know, why do we allow these little things to, to trip us up and become the interference? And people complain about the realities of the economy or the country or crime or, yeah, that's all real. Yeah. And one doesn't negate its, its impact. But so what? It's the same for everybody. And yet there's still people around us that succeed. So if you have to temper the information you get, uh, that's negative. If it's tripping you up and it's becoming a focus for you, then stop reading it. Stop buying the newspaper. Stop listening to the news. Uh, I find myself regularly doing that when I like talk radio. Yeah. And when people start talking and it's just getting too much and it's negative, put the radio off. Yeah. Uh, what's the point? So you, 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 have to keep working at it. And I think that's the same for me. I have to, I have to keep working at it. I remember, um, sitting in a boardroom when I was, when I was still at the bank and, uh, a director of the company turned around after a bit of a outburst on my part <laughs> and he said, well, are you aware of what emotional intelligence is? I said, yes, EQ, everybody knows EQ. Exactly. At that stage, Daniel Goldman's book was the, the big flavor of the month. I said, of course. He says, well, maybe you should learn some. And I took huge umbrance to that. Wow. Uh, but till today, that was one of the moments that I realized that you can get to a certain point by being the bull in the China shop. And then you have to learn how to deal with people. You have to be more aware of where they're coming from, Mm -hmm. um, what's motivating them, maybe the story behind the story. And you have to learn to bite your your tongue a bit. And that that's still a challenge for me today. It doesn't come (laughs) easy. We live and we learn, Harry. But uh, sometimes you have to put both feet in your mouth, swallow them to realize (laughs) it's not comfortable, and then take them out again. Harry, do you believe in luck? No. I uh, I used to. And… It it was really put again, I can define it by a moment. I was I was in a in a management conference and uh Anton von der Post who was a motivational speaker, kind of one of the, the early uh leaders in that, that genre. Yeah. Uh, and he did a lot of work for this banking group and, and he was managing this this conference. And he turned around to me and he was very straight into the point and he said, Hey you, Snotkop, what are you doing here? <laughs> you you look like you're a little out of place because everybody was twenty years older than I was. Yeah. And he said, so what did you do to get here? I said, well, you know, probably the right place at the right time. And he said, oh, very interesting. Do you believe that cuck? Wow. <laughs> and he said it just like that. And now I was kind you know, everybody was looking at me and going, well, wow. Okay. Now, now I'm on the spot. Yeah. Uh, and I said, well, not really. He says, why not? I said, cause I worked for it. He said, so you don't have. Yeah, a father that helped you in here. I said, no. He says, you don't have an uncle or somebody. I said, no. He says, so you've put in the effort. I said, uh-huh. yes. He said, you've worked harder than other people. I said, yes. He says, so don't believe that BS ever in your life again. There's no such thing as the right place, at the right time. It's accumulation of the right actions that puts you in that scenario. And then, you know, people say it's lucky. So, you know, old Gary Play is saying, the more I practice, the luckier I get. Yeah, that's what happens. You have to put in the effort, and and sadly today a lot of people don't want to or aren't prepared to. What does passion mean to you today? Pa- passion is really deciding, and I think the word deciding is important. Deciding what's important to you, okay, and putting the the equal level of commitment behind it. I think. Passion has become this thing that, oh, it, it just emerges and it just evolves. And, and yes, some people know exactly what it is that they're passionate about. It's one thing. It's very focused. It's very central. A lot of people don't. And it almost becomes an excuse to say, oh, well, when I find out when I, what I'm passionate about, uh, then I'll get going. Yeah. Well, you might wait a hell of a long time <laughs> and uh, die waiting. So it's about saying, well, in the absence of what I really innately believe is my one and only calling in life, which – Due to the pace of change today, I don't think one people have that one calling anymore. It's to say, right, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I believe in. This is what I think I can make a contribution in. And then back yourself, get the people around you to support you in that. But then go for it. You know, Put everything on the line to do it.
1: Andre on WeChat just says, success is simply a matter of luck. Ask any failure. Do you believe in that?
2: Well, I think if you, if you look at that, a matter of like, ask any failure. People that have failed will always see it as, um, as, as somebody else's fault. And not always, but that's often what happens is we be, we take this victim mentality. Oh yeah. It's because of this or because of that. Woe unto me. Yeah. Uh, Woe unto me. Failure is good feedback. Uh, that's all it is. It's, it means you've chosen down a path and it hasn't worked that way or Uh at that time. And if you're using that feedback of failure to, Rejig, re-engineer, revitalize, re-energize and go down another pathway or try it again, even in the same way. Yeah. That leads to success. Uh, and a, a lot of people that have failed, we can actually learn a lot from them because they, they've, they've learned the lessons. And often we look just to people who succeed to say, Oh, well, how have you succeeded? Yeah. Well, we can learn just as much from people that have failed and go, well, why didn't you? Because there's, there's lessons in there that we can use to, to support us. What did you have to say looking back now? You know, you, you've done
1: incredible things, including launching Action Coach in 2007 here in South Africa. You now have a team of, like, 30-plus full-time employees. You still have much more I, I know you want to do. But looking back now, what do you have to say has been one of your biggest lessons?
2: Sure. Just one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think there's… Let's there's
1: start <laughs> writing your biography right there, now. There's multiples.
2: Yeah. Uh I think one of the lessons that I just shared with, you know, that, that notion of, um, emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. the, the, the working on yourself, uh, and Jim Rohn is a, he's now deceased, but he was a, uh, America's foremost business philosopher, they used to say. And he, he made the statement, you have to work harder on yourself than you do on your job. And I think that's, that's the important lesson because I, I often when I'm, I'm doing a presentation say, right, guys, do you want to see the answer to all your problems? And people say yes, and I say great. Take out your right hand if you're right-handed, raise it to your mouth, move it left and right. Uh, what does that feel like? And they uh-huh. say right, that feels like I'm brushing my teeth. I say great. What do you see when you're brushing your teeth? They say well, I'm looking at the mirror above the basin and I'm seeing myself. So that's the answer to all your problems. You you have to realize that you are the catalyst for everything that happens in your life. Um, yes, circumstances happen. But how you respond to it is more important, and that's probably the biggest lesson: is is to say, get to know yourself, get get comfortable with feedback, and that feedback's going to be negative. That feedback's not going to be what you want to hear. Yeah. Right? Don't let it change you, but let it mould you. And that's probably the biggest lesson: Ooh,
1: don't let it change you, let it mould you. Yes. <laughs> so listen here, Harry stands. You know, he's a writer for magazines. He's you know, appears in business publications here and there on radio and TV. He's a devoted husband. He's a father to a tribe. <laughs> he loves the outdoors. Where does Harry see himself in the future?
2: Well, my, my ultimate goal, um, is a company called legacy brands. Okay. Uh, it's, it's still in its formulation phase, but it's effectively the famous brands. Um, of business services Mm -hmm. because the sad thing about business today is everybody's talking about entrepreneurship. Everybody's talking about going into business. Yet, we're good at what we do or what we know. We don't know how to run a business. That's just the reality of life. And if you look at doctors, doctors are a good example. They have probably the best education um, anywhere in the world. South Africa, no different. Doctors have really good education. They must go through Postgraduate studies, they do uh, internship years, they do continuing professional development, all of that. Yeah. Yet the bulk of them end up running their own business. They got no idea how to run a business. Yeah. And they, I often joke with them. The the lawyers are a little bit more sensitive, so the lawyers are fun to poke at too. <laughs> and say, you go through all this hard work, you take the youngest, best looking person you can find, you put them at the front counter, and you say, right, yeah, you run the business. Let me see patients, or let me see clients, and and today if you look at our problems in south africa around unemployment the the only saving grace is going to be employment yeah and then we look to government and corporate to fix that their economic models are such that they will not employ more people every every year for the rest of our lives we will open the newspaper and read about retrenchments downsizing restructuring and people will lose their jobs so so we have to do more around empowering people to run Good, sustainable, successful businesses because they will employ people, they will pay taxes, and they will be the growth that we need to see in this country. And this company will ultimately, no matter what profession you are, no matter what area of passion, we use the word just now passion you have, uh-huh. there will be a business opportunity for you to help and guide you to be successful at that.
1: So with that said, what did winning an award such as the 2015 Standard Bank Rising Star Award mean to you?
2: Well, again, as I shared the story, it was a little bit unexpected because Vicky had nominated me, uh-huh. uh, went through the process, uh, went through the interview process, the grill you, uh, there's a panelist <laughs> of five people. There was people around me very nervous by this little case study that we needed to present. And we probably ran a half an hour over my interview with the panel of five, uh, uh, adjudicators. Yeah. Because we were just having such a meaningful discussion and debate, I think. And once I'd left there, it was almost like a lot of things, in, in my life, I just realized that, well, yeah, I'm probably going to win this award. That, oh, really? That's just the feeling <laughs> I had. And, and, it, and I've learned to be a little bit more humble over the years and everybody say, oh, you're going to win it. You, you're guaranteed to win. I said, no, no, no. Let's just, you know, let's yeah. just see how it goes. But I went into that evening very confident. I, I, I'd, I'd given my best. I'd had a great interview, um, went through the process. And yeah, as I said, I've got to know myself. I know what I'm comfortable at. I know what I'm good at. And when we went up onto the stage, all of us, and when they announced the um the award, it was still a big surprise. It, yeah. There were some really good candidates, uh, as as finalists with me up on the stage. The the sad thing was that as soon as the the name was um, drawn and I went forward for the award, these poor buggers all had to leave the stage, and oh. I was like, well, geez, that's quite <laughs> depressing. Uh, but it, it it was a nice uh, a cherry on top for a lot of hard work. It was yeah. uh, a little bit of emphasis to say you're on the right track. Uh, you've done great so far. And I think that's, that's all an award does. Yeah. Is it gives you a little bit of recognition of the journey to date. It by no means dictates your future and it still means that great. You might be on the right track, but now you need to ramp it up more. Now you've, you've actually got some publicity. You've got more eyes looking at you. Yeah. I'm on CS show today. People are saying, "What's (laughs) what's this all about? So even more pressure, uh, to go make it happen. And that's, that's all it is. No, but it's it's definitely fantastic,
1: and I totally believe in these awards. And uh, I always think just, as you said, it's a pat on the back. Shining spotlights on great people who deserve the recognition is not a bad thing at all. So, you know... Thank you so much for being on this morning, Harry. It really means a lot. And as a proud supporter of the Standard Bank Rising Star Awards, you know, I just want to implore you once again. Just know that n- nominations are now open for the fourth annual awards. You know, they recognize and inspire and celebrate young South African individuals between the ages of twenty eight and forty who've made outstanding contributions to the organizations and the future of the nation as a whole. So if you want any more information on it, all you have to simply do is go on to www.risingstar.co.uk ZA. Harry Welby Cook, thank you so much for joining me this morning. The 2014 Rising Star Award winner. That's that will forever and always define you until you go on and achieve an even greater things.
2: Well, there's the <laughs> challenge. But yeah, thanks for for having me. And I think just to to confirm what you were saying, it it's a great program. Oh yeah. It if you've got staff, uh, please nominate them. You know, yeah. it, it really is what people need in those formative years of their career or their businesses. To to get that cherry on top Um, And the process that you go through Of the application, the assessments The interviews, that in itself is of value To somebody even if you don't win the award So I really encourage people to go to the website Find out more about it and definitely nominate Those rising stars
1: Let's definitely go out there and make a difference This is Untappd Talents on 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 cliffcentral.com
2: More of the good stuff Cliffcentral.com
0: Down. I'm you you dance
1: Let's make the night. You won't I'll be the one you won't this is untapped talent with me see a Finn on cliffcentral.com very exciting stuff what a powerful conversation hey it's very rare for me to sit in an interview and I start making notes and I'm like quoting the guy because I need to like reflect on all these lessons. So thank you so much to see Harry Welby-Cook, the winner of the 2014 Writing Star Award in the Entrepreneur category. Very inspirational. And now moving on to other inspirational guys and very, very cool, might I add. Gavin Vandenberg and Richard Oldfield from the band Lunatic Wolf are now joining me this morning. Morning, guys.
0: Morning. Yeah, it's great to be here. How are you guys doing? Yeah, we're very good.
1: It's not too early for you?
0: No, <laughs> okay.
3: not too bad. No, we, I mean, we, some of us actually work uh, full-time jobs, so yeah. Um, so this is a part and uh, part and parcel of uh, a normal morning for us, I guess. Yeah. yeah.
1: So listen, let's. I always love talking to musicians because the basis is all the same. Do you guys really live that sex, drugs, and rock and roll lifestyle? Like, is there a tour bus outside and like I can see some like bats hanging from the roof? Is it that extreme? <laughs>
3: See, I would love to say that it is that. Um I mean that I mean that sounds absolutely fantastic well, in, in, in in some ways, I yeah. guess. But um to be, to be to be absolutely honest, no it isn't that. Um it's a lot of it's a lot of hard work, it's a lot of hard graft, um, it's a lot of um taking yourself seriously and um um yeah, I mean, I guess I guess pushing pushing your own agenda and um,
0: yeah,
3: Yeah, all the I mean all the other stuff I think is uh you know, secondary stuff that, that, that might come along come along the way. But um Yep. It uh, was
0: always the dream, the sex drugs and rock and uh-huh. <laughs> when we picked up our instrument for the first time at age fourteen or whatever. Yeah. But um yeah, things moved along and we it got a bit more serious and we used to play in a band and it was a lot more energetic and heavier and a lot of a lot of live shows, a lot of energy. huh. And that, that sort of left us now and we're kind of in our reflective midlife kind of situation. Situation. And I was so hoping you were no. not going to
1: say midlife crisis. I was no, like, no, no, <laughs> no. Are we
0: going to be depressing? Far from it.
3: Um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think as you as you get older, you, you know, you realize that um, you know it's 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 not necessarily about that that pipeline dream that you have. It's um, yeah. you know, if you want to if you want to be successful, you've got to you've got to try and um, focus on the things that matter. And I think what matters to us is is um, making good music and, and working hard at that. Um, You know, and trying trying to get as many people as possible to listen to that music.
1: Yeah, Yeah. individually, where did you guys actually start off with your music careers?
0: Uh, I started off playing guitar, and I suppose I was influenced uh, from my father, who was always playing um, sort of English folk finger picking um, style of music. Yeah. While I was growing up, hold
1: up, what does finger picking mean? Uh, Like actually plucking the strings. Strings,
0: and you got your five fingers, and you without the. Without Pick. the picture yep. Correct. Yes. Look it's at me, sounding all techno. Yeah, got yes. you. So fingers going everywhere and, and picking the strings and plucking the strings, and I was influenced a lot by that. Uh-huh. So that was that was my first sort of introduction to guitar, and then of course um, played a lot of I get, what would it be called pop pop punk uh, with Gav in the early stages of of high school. Uh-huh. Um, awesome. And from then on, we moved a little bit heavier yeah. as we kind of felt a bit heavier, you know the being 19, 20, 21, yeah. we wanted to make the sound a bit bigger and fuller and heavier. And and for me and, and Gav, I think we had a very similar musical journey. We, we were kind of there. We did we, we, Yeah, we've always been together, really, writing music together. So um, that bigger, heavier sound kind of faded away. And I think we sort of went back to our roots and what we really enjoyed um, growing up, which was, for me, actually a lot of what my dad listened to. Uh-huh. So I was drawn back towards the sort of finger-picking folk style, um, obviously taking on a lot of what we learned along the way with our sort of song structure and, and um, you know, our sense of melody that we developed together. Yeah. And we brought that into more of a folk alternative feel. I don't know if Gav mirrors that. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely I mean I, I think Richard and I we,
3: We've been uh, obviously friends first and foremost And we've known known each other from our high school days And we've probably gone through every conceivable genre yeah. that there is um, Musically as yeah. as we've grown with the music And you know as 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 music um, um, You could say fads have changed yeah. you know over the years um, But I think we've kind of you know just to, again to mirror what Richard said We've come back to, to what um, you know what we essentially what we've enjoyed about music, which is which is melody and simplicity. Yeah. And um, you know we've you know we've dabbled in a lot of the other stuff. We've dabbled in, in you know in, in music that might be a little bit more complex, or music that might be a little bit more heavy or a bit more angsty, or a bit mm. more more trendy. But I think for us, it's you know just coming back to the simplicity of music and the simplicity of melody. And 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 when we write songs these days, you know it's very much a focus on. Yeah, on lyrics and on, on song structures and on, on simplicity and trying to get like a, a central message through in our songs as well yeah so so yeah I mean that's that's really been our, our musical journey together, Richard and I and uh, you know we've always been always been writing music um you know for for as long as I can remember.
1: You see, I Mm -hmm. I admire you guys for just having logical, reasonable ambitions at a young age I wanted to be a doctor just because you had a little coat on And as you were running to a patient, someone looked like you are a little superhero with a cape (laughs) Then I grew up and I realized you actually had to face blood and sick people And I was like, well, done with that So (laughs) at least kudos on you guys for going into songwriting and singing and music as a whole So when did Lunatic Wolf actually officially form?
0: Sure. Um, When did it form? Two years? Well, it started off Lunatic Wolf, I guess, as Lunatic Wolf, because, I mean, we've been in projects together for a number of years. But as Lunatic Wolf, we took about two years to write the album. Yeah. um, And that was Gavin and I getting together – at my house and sitting in our garage and in my bedroom and with a computer and you a dictaphone. You see, so at
1: least you do have that rock star lifestyle element. Yeah, you perhaps. were a garage band. <laughs>
0: yeah. We were a garage band and we you were pretty see. much giving up our evenings, you know, to
3: to to put this album together. Yes. Um, it, it was very rock and roll, you know. <laughs> Richard and I sitting, sitting in a garage um, with a glass Drinking of wine. Drinking non-alcoholic <laughs> drinks. Yeah. So, it was, it was, with your mother
1: giving you a curfew.
3: <laughs> <laughs> There's a glass of wine or two involved. Yeah. Um, but yeah um yeah I think it's yeah it's been it's been two years of of, of writing this album, um, and uh, actually what's you know what it's actually come to is is the band's kind of progressed, um, we've actually brought on some additional members now to help us uh-huh. um, to actually help us execute on the stuff that we've done on the album um. Because you realize that you, you know, as a two piece, you actually can't play eight tracks at the same time. You've actually okay. got to bring other guys on board to do it. Um, so, so what we've done is we've, we've brought, we've brought along a couple of other uh, friends and fellow musicians to, to help us now in terms of executing our stuff, um, for a live show, yeah. which we've been wor- working on, um, the last couple of months.
1: You see, the thing is already between the two of you guys have known each other for a while and you guys are friends, but it's a different working environment being in a band together because it's not like you have a nine to five where you know if somebody annoys you, you'll be out of here by five and you can curse them on your way home. You're in each other's business. You tour together. You have to work together for long hours at a time. How do you – where do you draw the line rather of – no, now we're being professional. Now we're having a good time. Now I can be annoyed, but I have to complete the song.
0: <laughs> we've actually yet to get to that obstacle. Uh, you know, we've yet. yet okay, so to, it's still love, and harmony. That, okay, <laughs> that will be there in the future, yes. I'm sure. Uh, but um, right now, we're, we as Gareth says, we're a six piece now. So, um, and we've only been practicing as a six piece for four months or so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, which has just involved uh, us getting to the studio. Setting up, running through the tracks, and it's been an absolute breeze and a pleasure to work with the guys. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they're yeah. all, we've, the guys we've got helping us now, they're all really involved, really keen, uh-huh. and good friends. They've also been in the same sort of music circles as we have over the last few years. Um, we've watched them play live in many bands. They've watched us play live. So we, yeah, we know each other, and I think it's, it's just, yeah, it, it all kind of had to come to a head, and we've, we're, we're kind of the guys who've just stuck at it and yeah. all sort of moved towards the same sound. And, and here we are together all, all playing and mm-hmm. really happy to be working on this project, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: So with that introduction, here's a little product of your work relationship. The peace, love and happiness and harmony, right? <laughs> it's your la- one of your songs. It's simply titled Sure as Hell. Here we go. It's by Lunatic Wolf.
3: Look at the horizon, it's coming straight for us, round up the oxygen for us, cause maybe we will need it, sure as hell, we
1: sure as hell by lunatic wolf listen guys i have to ask where does the name lunatic wolf and then the title sure as hell actually come from
0: uh it actually took us longer to name the band than it did to track the drums on the album because <laughs> um, yeah, this is we going were, to
1: like define you yeah
0: yeah we were bouncing around a couple ideas for weeks on end and um oh please give me some <laughs> what well, did I you guys go through uh, no we we repressed them immediately after we settled on something. <laughs> Do you know how difficult it is to actually find a
3: unique band name in this day and age? Everything else is taken. Yeah. yeah we really think, a process well, we've to got something.
0: Google it, there's a band called that.
1: Because it's all six of you who now have to agree on this. And, and by the way, agree, yes. a little shout out as well goes to Gavin Flax, David Grevler, Jacques Duplessis, and Adrian Erasmus, who are also part of the band, but he couldn't make it today. So we finally decided on Lunatic Wolf based on...
0: I don't know why we decided on it. I have a theory though, maybe subconscious. Have you Have you watched the TV show uh, Flight of the Concords? I've heard of it, it's yeah. A, it's a comedy show with a, uh, sort of a, two guys who play music and they from new zealand they go over to america and they try and make it big there and there's almost a rival band and they, they're called the crazy dogs uh-huh and i th- i think that we may have been drawn towards lunatic wolf because it's similar in vain to, to crazy dogs
3: we all absolutely love that show
0: fight of the concourse it's one of our favorites so I, I i think i agree with the subconscious thing but, but um yeah, in no ways did we think of Flight of the Concords when we came up with the name. I think at the end of the day we just wanted something punchy and memorable and something we all shook our heads at uh, in the kitchen and finally we could call it at end of the day we have a band name.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, uh, Cindy on Weech, I just sent us a message. She says, beautiful, beautiful song. And, of course, she's referring to Share As Hell. So congratulations on that. How did we exactly decide on the title as well, Share As Hell? <laughs> uh,
0: I suppose it was pulled from, from one of the lyrics in the... In the, in the track actually um, the song's almost about kind of reflection and looking looking at your life and where you are in your life and and realizing you know it's it's finite um, but also looking at it from quite a, a positive viewpoint um,
1: yeah where do you actually get the inspiration from, from your songwriting? Like, can you walk out and there's a construction site and you hear, like, how they hammering something and that works out to a melody in your head and you start writing to it? Like, where do you actually source everything from?
3: I, I think the album very much, um, you know, in terms of how we've written these songs, I think Rich and I are both sort of very reflective people. Um, <laughs> we, we, we almost very nostalgic, um, uh-huh. you know, to an extent. So, so a lot of, a lot of the lyrics that we do write, um, you know, it tends to be stuff we like to reflect on. Um, you know, things that might be happening to us in our life, at, you know, at, at, at a certain stage of our lives. But something that we you, you always want to comment on and we want to reflect on, um, you know, whether it's, um, whether it's just life in general or love or, or death or, you know,
0: um, relationships that we've
3: had with, with, with people.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think we wrote the album actually quite quickly, the crux of it. Um, the melodies, the chords, the lyrics, we kind of got the ideas for that quite quickly. I mean, it took... Another year and a half to actually piece it together and and make them complete songs, but uh-huh. to actually get the initial what we wanted to say across uh was quite quick, which was nice for us because it it made our music very honest mm-hmm. yeah and, and we um so i think and it also came at a point where we we hadn't written for a long time, yeah, and I guess in that gap uh from writing music to actually when you when you again start writing music in that gap your your mind's thinking and you you start you've you've got things to talk about you've got points to make yeah um and i think songwriting for me is actually it's quite therapeutic in a way um if i have something on my mind i immediately want to put it in in song for yeah um i want to start writing about it and get it down on paper because i can think about it then and and i've got time to play around with this thought and I think for Gav, we we work on an idea together in so, that sense.
1: So while the rest of us will have a bad day and we go back home and we're like, oh, I had a bad day. <laughs> you guys will have a bad day. You go home and you start writing. I'm feeling melancholic at this current yeah. present moment. And I don't know anything that rhymes with moment. Otherwise, I would have continued. <laughs> but that's the <laughs> yeah. songwriting essence, right? Yes. Exactly. Or, or have a good day. <laughs> you see, I feel like or, I could be. a good day, yeah,
3: <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
1: You had a good day you just got paid no pay and (laughs) never mind on that note um big booty bender on wechats don't judge it's it's a name big booty (laughs) bender on wechats basically wants to know about the money making aspect of the music industry um and i think more especially in south africa how do you juggle you know being a performer the show aspects of showbiz yet still handle the business side of things as well
3: yeah, it's, 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 I think it's, I think it's very difficult. Um, you know, I think there's, um, you know, there's a, there's a fine balance between putting all your time into, you know, promoting and, um, you know, getting your music out there. Yeah. And putting the time into the, 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 the creative, creative aspect. Um, and unfortunately they, they both are pretty chalk and cheese. So, so it's, it's a very different, uh, very different, um, headspace that you need to get yourself into. Yeah. Um, it's extremely difficult. Um, It's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of tenacity. It's a lot of, um, you know, making, (laughs) making time when you don't really have the time to, to make. Um, but it's, it's, it's absolutely, absolutely essential. Um, I think for, for any band to be involved in the sort of promotion aspects of their music and, 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 you know, getting it out there. Um,
1: yeah. But I think it's definitely worth it when we now have an album in my hand as I do. With like artwork galore from, where is it? Slovakia?
0: Slovenia. Slovenia.
1: How did that (laughs) even happen? How did we get artwork from Slovenia (laughs) of all places?
3: I think, I think from the start, Rich and I, um, you know, we, we are very, we're very pedantic in terms of, you know, what we want and, um, you know, we have, we, we tend to have a very specific, um, um,
0: Brief in our heads. Brief so, in our so heads. That's
3: probably the best way to describe it. <laughs> okay. Um, and, and so what we wanted for this album is we, you know, we didn't, we didn't want to kind of just go with someone and, 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 hope for the best. We, we wanted to give ourselves a little bit more, um, you know, a couple more options in terms of what we could do. So what we actually did do is, um, we landed up on a, on a website called 99designs.com. Uh-huh. I'm not sure if you've heard about it, Here, It's, um, basically what it is, it's an online marketplace of, um, of designers and creatives. Um, and what happens is you offer them a contest fee. Yeah. Um, you put a, you put a design brief together, you put some requirements together for what you want, um, and you offer them a contest fee to, to design this album. And we were lucky enough to have about 250 entries, um, and it's very, uh, very cool we, we, we narrowed it down to about five at the end. Um, we land up setting, settling with, um, with a guy called Marco Rop from, from Slovenia, um, who we believe captures sort of the essence of the album in this, in this album, um, in, in, in the artwork, um, which is, which is very much, I mean, like the theme of the album is, is very much about, um, you know, Reflecting on, on on childhood nostalgia mm. um, and and sort of moving out of youth into sort of the later stages of your life um, and and looking back retrospectively and and um, you know kind of reflecting and seeing you know have I done a good job or yeah you know, where where am I at the moment and where am I going I mm-hmm. mean um, and in terms of the themes that that he got across with the with the album art we're very happy that that he did get that across um, although. <laughs> Albeit not, yeah. although very, very conceptual. I mean, if you look yeah. at it, um, but unfortunately listen. we can't show our listeners yeah. the cover, but, uh, We'll
1: yeah. definitely tweet it out later. And that's yeah. why at the end of the day we have To The Adventure in our hands. And people can go into www.lunaticwolf.com to get more info.
3: Yes. Can they can also get,
1: up? uh, copies of the album there as well?
3: They can buy copies of the album there. Um, we also have a, uh, online store, which is lunaticwolf.spinshop.com. Yeah. Um, the album's available on takelot.com. Um,
1: Let's yeah. be a little biased as well. What's your favorite song from the album?
0: <laughs> my, uh, yeah. my, mine would be roses. There we go. Roses, yes, yeah. yeah.
1: What about you, Gavin?
3: I think my personal favorite would be would be tallest tree. Um, just because of these sort of childhood memories that it that it evokes in me. Um, you know, lyrically it talks about um, you know growing up and um, again you know reflecting back at um, at your you know your youth.
1: Yeah. So listen, I absolutely love getting to talk to you guys and getting to hear all these interesting stories. And more especially, I like it when our listeners also engage with us. So at the top of the hour, I'll let you guys know that we're getting all oprah for our upcoming one-year birthday, right? We're giving away uh, phones to the value of 500,000 rands, okay? And the simple question was, which show is at 10 o'clock on a Monday? Cal, are you with me? I'm right there. And then I asked the question, what show is at 10 a.m. on a Monday? And you answered? Uh, daily Tech, uh, I think. Uh, you're, you're nearly there, Kala. Come on. Don't lose me now. Talking Tech, right? Weekly we, we Tech. Whoa. Talking Tech. I'm, <laughs> I'm giving you the people. answer, Kala. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, well, to narrow it down, it all your... Might- yeah, uh-huh. It's quite easy to, to get the answer, you know, if you <laughs> use the wonderful WeChat functionality of it. Ah, there we go. E- using WeChat is as easy. There we go. All you had to do was download WeChat at uh, Cliff Central as an official account there. And he tapped on shows on Monday, and he got the answer there. So, Carla, this is like my Oprah moment, okay? This is what yeah. I've been working for for my whole entire life. And finally, one... Th- and only proud to say, You get a phone <laughs> So congratulations, I looked, Carla. I looked, I looked under my chair a few times and there was nothing there but you like oh, oh, right. Oprah very proud. <laughs> Well listen, we're like choreo to it and then you can put it under your seat and you can have an Oprah moment all by yourself. But thank you oh, so thank much you for, for listening, my hey. The whole time. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Enjoy the Samsung Galaxy S4, courtesy of WeChat and Cliff Central. Have a good day, hey. Thank you very much. Uh, keep on doing what you're doing. Fantastic. Thanks, Kala. And more especially, thanks to my guests as well this morning on Untapped Talent. To Gavin and Richard, what awesome, awesome guys. Uh, on Twitter, add Lunatic Wolf Band. Correct, yeah. And then on Facebook, where can people get you uh, there?
3: Lunatic Wolf Music
1: fantastic yeah. but overall as well www.lunaticwolf.com so thank you guys for stopping by Thanks for and also fantastic song sure as hell and then of course thank you to Harry Welby Cook my very first guest on this week's edition on Untapped Talent. another hour done and dusted it's a Wednesday right here on cliffcentral.com thank you so much for chilling with me and until next week same time we're going to do it all over again my name is Sia and I'll see ya
0: unreal Uncensored, unradio.
2: hipcentral.com. clipcentral.com